hello, wonderful, feisty people. Happy International Women's Day. It is I, Sarah Gross here, the founder and CEO of Feisty Media, where our goal is to build an empowering culture for active women. And as some of you may know, Feisty Media has a network of podcasts, including Hit Play Not Pause, the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast, Iron Women, If We Were Riding, All Bodies on Bikes, and The Business of Fitness. So whatever feed you're listening on, I am interrupting your regular podcast schedule to bring you a very special episode that Feisty Media recorded for International Women's Day. And we decided to publish that. It was so special (laughs) that we decided to publish it across all our podcast streams. So that is why you're hearing my voice right now. So we were pretty excited over here at Feisty actually that the theme of International Women's Day for 2023 is embrace equity because we know that the difference between equality and equity is not well understood by a lot of people, including ourselves. It's something that we need to constantly think about and unpack. And we wanted the opportunity to talk about these concepts, especially in the context of sport. So we brought together a group of women from various corners of the endurance sport world to discuss what equity means, what that actually looks like in the context of sport, and how we make sure we are leaving no woman behind. My co-host for this podcast is the one and only Celine Yeager, who is an incredible writer and athlete and also the host of Hit Play Not Pause. So whatever you are doing, I hope you will stay here on the feed and continue to listen to this amazing conversation while you're enjoying your run or folding your laundry or just sitting on the couch and relaxing. Woo! We're We're live! (laughs) We were hoping for some music, hey, Celine? We were looking for a countdown, like New Year's, but here we are. We're pros. Well, we won't sing or dance or anything. It's fine. (laughs) We're here. Well, Celine, we're now here on our Embrace Equity podcast recording for International Women's Day. Um, Hello, everyone watching. We had a bunch of people sign up. So if you're there, drop us a little wave in the chat. Uh, Tell us where you're tuning in from. Mm -hmm. Very cool. There's always a delay, so we won't wait. for. Yeah, we won't. (laughs) Awkward pause while we wait for everyone to talk to us. Um, So I am Sarah Gross. I'm the... Uh, founder of Feisty Media, and I'm here with the lovely Celine. Celine, I'll let you. Oh, I just pointed the wrong way. I will okay. let you introduce. Oh, I'm doing yourself. the same thing. The mirror is a little weird. Hey, Lisa, good to see you. I'm gonna go surfing with you someday. Hey. Anyway, hello, Hunter. Um, yeah, no, it's great to be here for International Women's Day a day early. Um, it's gonna be a really great conversation today. I'm really glad that we're having it. Mm-hmm. And the equity conversation is really interesting. I'm very, very interested in this. Yes, yes, me too. I think, you know, because we often repeat here, like at Feisty, our goal is to build an empowering culture for active women. And like, when we think about that, it's like, when we say that we mean for all active women, right? Right. And then you immediately kind of hit this place where you're like, oh, but not all women are the same or have the same needs. And there's this... Um, there's this need, which speaks actually to the word equity. Cause we all, we often right. like, I have, I get that question all the time. Like what's the difference between mm-hmm. equality and equity. Right. Um, and if we're going to create like an equality of opportunity, the ways to get their path to get there will be different depending on where you come from. So yeah. that might mean support for, 
you know, support for women who are moms at races, or it might mean, you know, we're going to talk to Khadija Diggs about her needs as a Muslim woman um, to cover, uh, like, and there's also things that we would never think of, because we don't, because, you know, how would we know all the needs of everyone? So these are the kinds of things that we want to talk about. Yeah, equity is the path to equality. It's the mm. best way to think about it. Mm. Mm. I love that. There you go. Leave it to Celine to come up with a quote. I'll just like... <laughs> just, words are words are all i do but yes <laughs> Celine will come out just say it in like one simple line amazing um all right well shall we bring our panelists it. on mm -hmm. millie send them in <laughs> khadija hello yay <laughs> hello hello everyone making it back hopefully losing anyone in the okay <laughs> we're all here all right we'll probably well hopefully jessica might be able to make it but yeah we have a little technical di difficulty with one of our panelists yeah but in the meantime we have these three amazing women so khadisha yep. marley ali welcome um i think we're gonna have you all introduce yourselves um, why don't we start with Khadija? Hello, um, my name is Khadija Diggs. I am a Muslima, a mom, a triathlete, a project manager by day to pay for being a triathlete. <laughs> um, I am the, I was the first hijabi woman to be on the U.S. Uh, triathlon team as an age grouper. And I have advocated for the past six and a half years to have rule changes to accommodate Muslim women. And that's who I am. <laughs> and you are a six time Ironman finisher? Is that eight that times? Now. Eight times. All right. Eight oh, times. Right. I missed two. And, and don't don't ask me how many 70.3s because I love those. I pop them like candy. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no that's idea. awesome. Yeah. And um, you were voted one of the most influential Muslim women in sport by the Muslim Women's International Sports Network. Yeah, I was. So. It was that's exciting to be recognized cool. by your 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 family so it's nice well we're glad you're here thank you for thank being you here. Allie? hi guys i'm ali tetrick and um i was born and raised on a cattle ranch here in california where i'm currently based out of um i played ncaa tennis and then and trained as biochemist so i worked in chemistry research and drug discovery and found the bike through triathlon, by the way, I did, I did a couple 70.3s. Is that what you said? 70.3s? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I found the bike and I raced professionally on the world tour, UCI Women's World Tour podium at the UCI World Championships uh, for about 12 years. I found gravel, one unbound, three times gravel world champion, gravel races. And I'm really just passionate about getting more women and kids on bikes. So I sell bandanas and volunteer a lot of time just to, with Nika, outride, love your brain, but just to make this sport more inclusive and equitable. So I love riding my bike, but really it's the purpose and meeting people like you that have made it so much more impactful and wake me up in the like, middle of the night and middle of the morning just to like do what I love to do, which is pedal uh, on two wheels with or four or two, three, I don't know, with all of you. So, thank you. Excellent. And Marley. Hi. 
my name is Marley Blonsky. I use she, her pronouns, uh, and I am the co-founder of All Bodies on Bikes. Um, I call myself a fat adventure cyclist. Um, I use fat just as a neutral descriptor. Um, we also have a podcast on the Feisty Network uh, if you're interested in learning more about this specific topic, uh, also called All Bodies on Bikes. Um, but I am primarily a gravel rider, a bike packer, and I can often be found riding with my dogs uh, here in Bentonville, Arkansas, where I live. Uh, I'm really passionate about size inclusion, um, making sure that everybody, regardless of their size or shape or perceived fitness ability and level um, can have access to what brings them joy. Um, and for me, that's bicycles, but uh, I've never done a 70.3 triathlon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do have a film coming out next week about my first 100 mile, which is part of an Ironman, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sort of, yeah. Running and the swimming. Uh, but I'm really excited to be here and really grateful for this opportunity. What is the film? Uh, the film is called Ride of Passage, and it follows my um, century ride last year at Unbound Gravel. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. We look forward to that. It'll be out next Tuesday. I saw the preview on your Insta. Looks pretty cool. Thank you. Cool. And people can follow her. It's in the, in the comments there. We're dropping all your Instagrams in the comments. So Perfect. Well, before, like we just, we said before the show that, you know, equity is really the path to equality, but I also, you know, we're, we're careful that we don't want to pretend that there's equality, you know, that there's equal opportunities uh, across the board yet either. So let's take a second and, and talk about like where we could still work for some equality. There's still not equal pay. There's not equal exposure. Um, do you have thoughts on where we might work for more equal opportunities still for women? Equal accolades, oh. equal access. Uh, I think, you know, even at uh, the, the youth level, if you look at who's playing sports mm -hmm. and who is encouraged to play sports um, all the way, you know, from preschool up to high school. Um, of course, we have Title IX here in the United States. But I think um, just the way that we even encourage behavior among youth can be uh, more, more equal to get more women and girls into sports. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think some of it is only going to happen through social change. Um, you can make somebody do thing, something, but you can only change one mind at a time. So I think part of it is normalizing women in sports normalizing women being powerful, normalizing women pursuing their passion and not just being the supporters of other people's passions. I think sometimes you have to fight and then sometimes I think you just, you have to show up and, and there's, there's a difference. So I, I, don't, I don't think anything in life will ever be completely equal. I, I know I don't, I don't wanna be equal to a man, I don't wanna be a man. Right, but right. we have to recognize that we deserve to be in spaces that we're passionate about and that we want that we want to be in, and we deserve uh, the support when we go in these spaces, regardless of whether we're first, last, or in the middle. I think there's a lot of opportunity for change and equality. I know we're focusing on equity, but mm -hmm. in just show showcasing what women are doing and it doesn't have to be in only in endurance sports i worked a lot with the tour de france femme of x Wift, 
and we can see it, the coverage is good. And then suddenly people are like, wow, that's so exciting. Watch the farm, you know, but we've been doing that just on an island somewhere. So it's a matter of also celebrating and showcasing what women are doing and have been doing for many years, thousands of years, millions of years. I don't know, but like a long time. But if we can't see it, then we're not inspiring the next generation. And so it's the whole chicken or the egg. Like, what comes first? People are like, well, it's business, sponsorship dollar. Yeah, but like, you can't see it. We can't, like, you can't be it either. So, and, and I think though, it extends so much further than just sports too. This is like moms to CEOs, to entrepreneurs, to podcast hosts, to everybody. Like, this is what we, like, we need to showcase this. And that is a huge opportunity to increase that viewership. And, and with that, also dollars that are hard earned, but well worth it. Yeah, Ali, that makes me think of like um, a lot of the gravel races are starting to have um, people cover both the men's and the women's races on their Instagram coverage. Um, I know a lot of times I get frustrated after an event because I'll be out riding and I go to look at the official events um, footage or coverage of it and it's just showing like the men's uh, pack and it's like, okay, the women are out there too. Um, so I know I like Mid-South Gravel is coming up this weekend. Um, and last year they had somebody specifically assigned to cover the women, which is just so dang cool. And um, it should be the norm, I feel like. Yeah, I think that's what we've seen with soccer too. And I know you guys have all seen the huge movement. It's if we can show the sport and the stadiums need to get bigger now because it's so gosh darn exciting like <laughs> I don't can swear so my mom might be listening <laughs> um it's so exciting and and it's like when you see it though but this that soccer movement started a long time ago yeah. um fun fun fact I actually went to high school with Megan Rapinoe but um I played Lucky. tennis and <laughs> I played tennis in college so like I didn't know that there was this huge disparity in women's sports because I grew up on a cattle ranch suddenly I play tennis you got the whole like legend of Billie Jean King coming before me so and then I get into an NCAA school for, for a full ride scholarship where you have to give equal scholarships to men and women I play in this place where I get to watch Serena Williams and everything like that and then I hit cycling and I got hit over like the head with something like a rubber mallet I have no idea but it was hard and I remember calling my dad and I was like wait what like they want me to like buy my race bike and I'm on a pro team <laughs> you know so like cycling and endurance sports are a little different but you know triathlon has its own you know there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunity there that would be a conversation too but I really do like the coverage it's it's a it's very important and I think it has to be quality too. So that's what I saw with the tour. It's like, yeah. it's, you need the helicopters, the drones, you need the TV rights, you need the media, you need to have people there covering it. And then suddenly young girls are seeing it. We are all watching it feeling more badass every minute. And then we have dollars coming in and then it's just, is going to keep growing. And that's where the equity comes into that is providing. Yeah. Totally. And, and speaking of equity, like you, you make a great point there where different sports and different women within different sports are at different places. So like tennis is this great example where like, think of how early the Billie Jean, like Billie Jean Kings of the world started to advocate for equal prize money. They had their own league. They had competing leagues, you know, before other sports even allowed women to play. Right. So you have that, they had that whole advanced thing. And then you think about um, other things like, for example, in triathlon, um, we've always had equal prize money. We've always had, um, you know, there's been a, like a 
generally a decent state of equality on the surface level for women. But then, for example, we just had we just have our first female black, like African-American female pro, um, which just now, you know, it's like, whoa, what? Like whiplash, like what year is it? You know, there's something, <laughs> something. I, I don't think that was a matter of, of equality or equity, though. I think that was a matter of exposure. It wasn't like mm -hmm. anybody was stopping someone from participating. It was just a matter of exposure. It was it was just something that African Americans weren't either aware of or and I didn't I didn't I wasn't aware of triathlon until like 2011. Mm -hmm. I saw it on TV. I was like, what are they 100 miles really? You know, it was just I didn't yeah. really I didn't really think about it. So, I think that's a, a was more of an issue of exposure than a true barrier. Mm. Right. And I think that's what, you know, when we talk about equity, like those are some of the things that we're teasing out, you know, like we just talked a lot about exposure and, you know, I could, can't tell you how many times I've been told like, well, anyone can do a triathlon. You can, anyone can sign up. Anyone can put on their running shoes and go running. Like, well, it's not the same for everyone. Right. Yeah. So I, uh, my next question for you all would be like, what are some of the ways that like the things that, you feel that you need or the sporting industry could change in order to have equal, like equal opportunities um, from where, from where you sit each as individuals. I think about equipment a lot um, and the way that um, I, I mean, biking is obviously my sport, but the way that bikes are designed um, and it's often hard to find bikes that are small enough for adult women um, mm. that you know, may, might or might not live in larger bodies. But if you're a five foot tall woman, often the advice is we'll go ride a kid's bike. What if you weigh 200 pounds? <laughs> that Are makes you... me insane. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, having written for bicycling for like 30 years, it makes me insane. The average woman's height is five, four. That puts a lot of women on the other side of that average and there yep. are no bikes for them. Yeah. And so even just like, you know, the way that products are designed and, um, thought about it from I think they're they're based on a male body um shoes running yeah. shoes cycling shoes I wore men's cycling shoes for the longest toll I realized there was even a brand out there just for women and when you go to bikes every time I get a bike I'm changing this I, I don't want to use integrated handlebar because I know I got to shorten the stem and yeah great points yeah yeah, that's that's I, always an issue. I think from a quick equipment point, I'm um, tall, <laughs> so there's that. So, uh, but I I've a lot. Like I do race for specialized, but we also do a lot of research and product development. So we launch like women specific saddles, but it's about making gender specific product and equipment when it matters, because we don't all need it to be labeled a women's bike but there are men that need a 49 48 bike or mm -hmm. however you identify so i think it's making very specific products where it matters like i want my chamois for what's going on under my chamois or in my chamois right like that's how i'm built and that's what i want or my saddle my shoes like i'm fine on shoes but that's it's all personal but it's a matter of like making the differences where you're like gender or body where on your body and what you find comfortable very important and i think that's an interesting conversation so i totally agree with you because i like i had women specific bikes but they were too small for me when i was racing on this world tour team and they painted them pink of course or something right and then i'm trying to sell it but i was riding a men's bike that they just painted to make it look like a woman's bike 
because I'm too big for it. So like, it, I don't know the geometry on the bike matters as much, but it's the, the sizing, like, and, you know, for shoes, like you're saying, an integrative, I can't do, I would just break those stems. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that's an interesting part of just the dialogue. I'm talking about like where your soft tissue is sitting on a saddle. Like how is your leg length versus your torso length and, and how can we accommodate and there's very specific things, but I don't always know if it's gender specific, but you need to have those to make it more like comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a huge limiter, Marley. And I think that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering too, Khadija, from your point of view, oh, those are seagulls. Sorry, can you hear the seagulls? <laughs> what is they, like happening? come out in the evening <laughs> or all the time. They're right above my head. Um, Khadija, you recently had a launch with Barlow. We were talking about yes. it a little bit before the show. I'm super curious, like where are things at in the industry in terms of clothing for Muslim women in sport? Like, where are we on the spectrum to like the best to like, from like nothing? So when I started racing, I literally raced in um, an open water swimsuit and a dry fit shirt. I won my first race like that. Um, And the first race I won, the woman, a, a woman who was on the podium with me accused me of cheating. And I literally swam in a dry fit shirt and an open water swimsuit. So we've come from not having anything to um, up until just now with Varlo, every year um, I had a, a custom kit made. Um, I've had one sponsor for a very long time, F2C Nutrition, and I have, always have to thank them because when they had kits made the first year I was on the team, they you know, pulled me to the side and had a private conversation. We're going to connect you with this gentleman, Jason Reinhardt, we're going to have a kit made for you. And I had gotten so accustomed to just sewing leg coolers and arm coolers everywhere. I was like, oh, no, no, no. They insisted that I have a kit like everyone else. They started all this. So every year I had a custom kit made and I got frustrated because my kits ranged from five to $700. I had help from a sponsor. Every Muslim woman can't afford that. And after my first year of having a kit, it was it was like my mission. I, I told any and every apparel company, I will work with you to design a kit that is affordable for other Muslim women to race in. And um, I've tried to work with Aseed, uh, I worked with Tri Serena, but they unfortunately went out of business. And um, Saj and Varlo made uh, a custom kit for me Last year, I was basically their R&D, and um, he said if if he could work, you know, work, it had to. You have to make money. I understand that they have to make money, but he they committed to doing it, and they they did a beautiful job. I went and tested out um, the kit. It wasn't the right size for me because they got they did all the R&D in a medium, but it, it's a great kit. And I I look at the pictures, and it actually, if you see it in person, it actually looks better in person than it does in the pictures. They were very thoughtful. They took in all of my uh, feedback um, on the prototype kit that I raced in a couple of times last year. And they worked with a young lady from uh, Drexel. Um, her name is Salah Mohammed, uh, uh, Ahmed. Mohammed and Ahmed mean the same thing. That's why I always say Ahmed. But, um, and they did a beautiful job. I, I literally cried over a kit. Now I know that every Muslim women, I mean, it's still expensive. Our kids are expensive, it's triathlon, but they can get something that is allows them to perform 
it's beautiful and they can just order it and buy it off the shelf. It, it means a lot to me. I want for my Muslim sisters what I've had and now they have it. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to Marlo for having the courage to do that. I think it's, you know, I used to think about, or I used to kind of scoff at the idea of wearing a cycling specific kit until mm -hmm. I had one because I didn't know what I was missing. Mm -hmm. And I think about other Muslim women who will now, you know, look to you and see you in this beautiful, like well-functioning, well-fitting kit. Um, and like that is, that is equity designing something that is functional and that will work for you. And I think about that for, you know, folks in bigger bodies. Um, how do we ensure that there's equipment and clothing available for them as well yeah. because they're doing the activities too. But um, I just wanted to congratulate you. I, I saw that I think on yeah. Twitter or Instagram the other day. And I just think it's so cool the that it, it's actually happening and that people will be able to yeah. buy a functional, good looking modest yeah. kit. Yeah. It's, it's a beautiful kit and it's, um, I'm excited. I met a young lady at uh, uh, North Carolina 70.3 last year. It was her first um, 70.3. She was in hijab. And um, I gave her a prototype kit uh, last year, which is plain black with lavender on top. She did the entire race in a long sleeve t-shirt and sweatpants. She's now part of the DISC team, so she'll be getting a Varlo kit. Um, but she... She didn't know what it was like to race in anything other than, and she did, it was 85, 90 degrees. She did that whole thing in a long sleeve shirt and sweatpants. And with the training that she's getting this year from everyone at DISC and having a beautiful functional kit, I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope she just blows right past me in the race. I'm just excited to see what some of these young girls can do. I'm just, it means a lot. It means a lot. It's just a kit, but it means so much. Yeah, it's never just clothing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of in 2015, I was at a triathlon in Abu Dhabi and there was like woman after woman like coming out of the water just in things that were not designed for racing in, you know? Yeah. And it just like, it struck me so hard. Like their swim times are going to go through the roof with, with proper attire, right? So it's just, it's so great what's happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm, ex I'm really excited. I'm, I'm grateful to have been a part of it. You know, there's, anytime you go through a struggle, you always ask yourself, you know, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Why, why, why? But I'm, I'm grateful. All the people that I've met, the opportunities um, that I have, and just the sheer joy that I feel right now is, um, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. And I, I want to share, Sarah, when I started DISC, it was funny. I was starting DISC and Sarah didn't even know about it. And that year, um, they voted me the most outspoken woman in oh, 2020. Yeah. And I was I was shocked. I was like, I haven't done anything yet. <laughs> I was just like, but I, I just continuing to show up and say, we deserve this. We deserve this. Mm -hmm. um, I can see the impact now. And I can look back and appreciate and, and just say thank you, because that really gave me an uplift to keep going. And I appreciate it. I really do. And it is. It's so like I, I'm hesitant to, to follow up with this because everything is so joyful. But I feel like this segues into the blind spots of equity, like mm -hmm. in the Ironman triathlon roles that came that, you know, about the disqualification if you are covered, you know, mm -hmm. in a certain can you 
Can you speak to that? I mean, I'm sure that when they made those rules, they're like, well, we just don't want people cheating. You know, we don't want them wearing the arrow suits. But, you know, you put up a very passionate Instagram post like this gets me disqualified for wearing this. Yeah. Amazing thing that this yeah. this thing that you just, you know. Well, they have um, and I don't know if you saw the follow up post, but I did get um, an email from their their director who's in charge of uniform rules, they are going to align with World Triathlon and USA Triathlon. So this year, uh, they uh, full coverage kits uh, will be allowable. Um, but they made it seem like a hypothetical situation. Um, I've had several instances where I was pulled off of um, start lines. Raleigh, and I can't remember the year, I think it was 2016 or 2017, Officials were coming to get me. We, we were still racing as age groups. Officials were coming to get me to make me race in the back. And I told them I wasn't going to do it. Um, and there were some people from the Black Triathletes Association who conveniently, conveniently behaved confused and blocked them. And I dove in the water. And I think to this day, it's my fastest 70.3 transition. <laughs> because when I got out of the water, I darted to my bike. I threw on my cycling jersey. It wasn't even zipped up. I was riding out, zipping up. And um, in Augusta, um, uh, I think they were, I don't know whether they were a volunteer or um, an official, but someone literally grabbed my arm and told me that you just, you can't race like that. Dave Ragsdale told, said, first of all, let go of her. It was a scene that it, it's happened. I in um, long course nationals, I was disqualified. Um, and I, I won't say the official's name, but I said, I'm, I'm Muslim. I race covered. I did not race in a wetsuit. He said he didn't care if I was the Pope. Oh, my God. I had oh to God. I had to <laughs> protest to the to the lead official and it was it was taken care of. But the thing was, I have so much support. I am the most blessed woman in the world. I have. I have friends. Literally, I I could I don't think there's a continent I can go to and not have a house I can crash at, and um, everybody doesn't have what I have, so I have an obligation. I had an obligation to to just just keep showing up. I'm not the greatest triathlete. I you know, I win a couple races here and there. Most of the time in the bigger races, I'm mid mid of mid of the pack and that that's fine, but I kept showing up and that's, that's what we all have to do. Just heavy people like to, to ride bikes. Who cares? Keep showing up. I met a gentleman who he's a dwarf. I mean, the 70 um, Ironman wouldn't let him race because he said his bike was too small. So what, so what oh is he supposed my. to ride? Wow. Keep showing up. You have to keep showing up. Yes. yes. Thank you. I think also like, I mean, from the showing up that goes into the equity, cause like that's all unto us and people that are waiting to show up and then to support others to show up. And I have a theory though, when I've gone through a lot of crashes and mental health issues and showing up to a start line was awful. Like just showing up to the start line. I was like, finish lines always get glorified because people like winners and you finish this big thing, but like just showing up to the goddamn start line takes courage than any finish line that I know, because you are putting yourself out there. And so it's yep. up to us and everyone listening to like, 
show up and then also give room on that start line for the person that bikes too small or what you want to wear when you're competing and bike sizes, everybody showing up for everybody. And I think that's so pivotal, but that start line is so terrifying, you know, because yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, and it's, I like what you uh, said about supporting everyone. All of my support, I've gotten negative feedback from other Muslims getting supporting anyone, whether it's your battle or not, even if you don't completely understand, just saying, I don't understand, but I have empathy for you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think of another blind spot with um, like childcare. Um, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. I, I don't have children, um, but I have a lot of friends who have kids and the luxury to be able to just go and race for eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, whatever it might be and not have to worry about kids. Um, you know, I think the burden of childcare often falls to women. And when we ask, you know, why aren't you coming to these races? Why aren't you coming to these events? It's because there is a burden of childcare. Um, so I think that's also a blind spot in sport. You know, how can we better support parents in general, whether it's men, women, whoever. Um, and I think, you know, adding that into the, the menu of available choices, like sure, you can get an up close parking spot, but you could also get childcare. Or a clean there, place to nurse. Yeah, that, that's I was, I was going to go on the breastfeeding for sure. Um, I have a also I don't have kids, but uh, a girlfriend of mine, um, she's not an athlete, but she's a very famous marketing woman. And she was invited to a conference recently. And she said, what's the breastfeeding situation? Like does the toilet work, you know, the bathroom. She's like, no. <laughs> so that's a big thing though. So we can talk about little positive, uh, recently a women's world tour on the road racing. Uh, we now offer maternity leave. Bravo. It is 2023, but these women are now able to have a baby while maintaining their professional CIO contract as they're going into this Olympics. And so there's several of these incredible athletes that we get to watch these big races that are able to without fear or loss of money or income to have a child and come back to their same position on a professional team, which is really big for cycling. So that's a positive note. I know it's 2023, but I think that's the year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I, that was going to be one of, you know, our questions is that, you know, so many of these systems are built for, you know, they were like, frankly, they were built around men, right? They were built around that. That's where it started before women were even allowed, you know, to participate. So there's all these just um, legacy inequities in some ways, you know, and, and and that being one of them, like when you got pregnant, you were done. And like women didn't even you were like a mom racing. That was an anomaly. Like that wasn't something that anybody would even think about. And yeah, the breastfeeding. I'm wondering, are there other 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 blind spots like that like if we were to burn it all down and start over what would it what would it look like you know to to make it all <laughs> everyone's like wow it's a it's a fun question to think about um more porta potties actual sinks to hell yes i mean uh, more yes <laughs> i'm done uh, with that menstrual supplies um available um at aid stations and a place to utilize those menstrual supplies yeah yeah you're seeing more of that thankfully i've actually had race directors text me like what brand do i buy 
that's awesome. I remember being at a cyclocross race. What um, size do I buy? You know, yeah. Tampons come in different sizes and they're just like, what do you get? Exactly. I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. But I remember and being how at, would you? at a cyclocross race and um, starting my period and going to the first aid tent and saying, hey, do you guys have any tampons or I mean, I'm not going to wear a pad when I'm racing cyclocross because yeah. I like pain, but not that kind of pain. Uh, <laughs> and they were just like, oh, no, we never even thought of that. Um, and it's like, it's a basic need for half of your participants. Yeah. I think if I could burn it all down, which just hand me a match. Um <laughs> I just think though, like we were saying, these blind spots happen from just hundreds and thousands of years of cultural, just, it just becomes a habit. So the men have been racing the Tour de France for, you know, since 19, I'm going to say two, I have no idea, something like that. The women's first one was around 1984, right? That was 80, 85 years-ish, give or take, before they're like, and 1984 was also the first time women raced bikes in the Olympics. All the first time the marathon was in the Olympics. 1984. I was not born yet, but it's close. You know? <laughs> but how is that 1984 and we're just now thinking that women's ovaries aren't going to fall out because that's what they were convinced was going to happen. That is in documentation, by the way. That, like, we can't push ourselves. We can't go that far. I don't need – that's where I, I'm a huge fan of this equity concept and – reality is that it's not like I I will happily run a marathon I'll happily do an Ironman I could happily do a lot of long distance events but it's it doesn't have to be equal distances for equal prize money but it's equity and it's how do we if I could burn it down I'm like I don't want all this rigmarole of structure and tradition where now they're like oh women you can race again and it's 2022 I've seen again if I burn it all down I'm like no from day one we get to do this. I don't care if we're in pantaloons at that point in 1901 or two, somebody can correct me on my history, but somewhere around there, but like, I don't care what I'm wearing. Like I'll work on the kit in a couple years after that. It'll soon. Like if we burn it down, then we don't have these traditions on like chamois and saddles and bikes. And the whole bike race is made for men or the whole tennis is made for men. Like the whole, like we're so lucky to have people like Billie Jean King that, um, Yeah. So anyway, that's what I would do. I'd just like reset this tradition and this like holy grail of the women's body and that we can't, we can't survive. We can take care of your kids and we'll just make less money than you and we'll work really hard. So, and I think this transitions outside as well. Like this is careers in life and we are still yeah. amazing mothers, daughters, sisters, <laughs> wives, friends. So what ways have each of you ex like personally experienced pushback? in your quest for equity? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be question. quiet. <laughs> I'm going to be quiet on that one. Oh, goodness. And Allie's still muted, so I guess it's on me. Um, <laughs> but I can even I can even understand as a mother. I, I, I know a lot of people, a lot of people think I'm not telling the truth, but I have 10 children. I have seven uh, biological and three adopted children. So I understand. That should um, be in your bio. Yeah, <laughs> I I completely wow. understand the issue with um with childcare. I did my first triathlon when my twins were a year old, and even though I was uh in a, it's funny I was in a horrible relationship, but he was amazingly supportive of my triathlons for some idiotic reason. <laughs> but he, I mean, he was always there um with the um 
with the kids. Uh, my father-in-law, who has subsequently passed away from pancreatic cancer, he was like my hugest, uh, my biggest fan. Um, when I uh, trained for my first Ironman, the month that I knew I was going to do uh, my two century rides and my two 20 mile runs, he, baby girl, I got the babies come, coming to get them. So, and um, I just had an amazing support system. I don't know how a lot of women do what they're doing without the support system that I had. I had my first child. I was, uh, I, I got married extremely young. I had my first child. I was going into my senior year in college and my coach was cool with me taking my son with me to races. Mm. He was like, they called him the engineering department baby because he would go to my engineering classes. And, you know, so uh, having that balance with your family and making health and sports a part of the family is, it can be difficult if you don't have a supportive, a supportive spouse or somebody who's supportive in your family. It's a juggling act. It's crazy. And trying to nurse and train. And then you're wondering, like, if I'm like, if I have too much lactic acid in my system, is the baby drinking lactic acid? I mean, I didn't know any better. I was yes, just, yes. I was young. A lot of people stupid. thought that. Doctors <laughs> would tell you that. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, go ahead, Ali. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, just on the pushback question. And 10 kids is amazing. Wow. Yeah, I didn't start out with that goal. That was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm oh. they're all amazing kids. They, I, I always tell them they've lifted me up more than I've lifted them up. They're just, they're all very unique. And um, I'm grateful that God wrote for me to be their mother. Well, they're very blessed to have you as a mother as well. So. Um, I know that blessing goes both ways. Um, I don't need to take that down a notch, but on pushback, I, I have a, a few, well, a lot. I mean, I don't know if you guys want to go into my Instagram DMs, although people are usually pretty lovely. <laughs> but I think on pushback, I've, I've been on a lot of boards and in this space where a lot of times I'm the only female cyclist, you know, professional cyclist that these guys know. So I've levered that selfishly and more importantly to get more women on bikes because if they only know one name I'm like yes that's what we'll do and then we're going to bring all my friends and then I'm going to invite more <laughs> and suddenly you might not be able to breathe in this room <laughs> burn it down I'm just kidding um <laughs> I'm not actually that bitter but I, I did I did take that as a um a way that I can get more women on bikes if to use that platform and that that ability to advocate for women. Um, but some of the pushbacks where I noticed it sounds, um, I take this all very high level on this, sorry, but it's, it's, we make money. I, I make money riding a bike. I work in product development, marketing. I own my own business, et cetera, but I make money riding a bike as well. And that's a privilege. But what I find out some dude with like, 50,000 less followers and less results is making more money than me. I get real angry because <laughs> the only reason is this gender disparity. <laughs> and I asked them and I have some wonderful allies because I love our male friends and however you identify, I love them. I love my husband. I, I'm blessed with that in so many ways. And then when I have one guy tell me the truth, what he's making, and I know what the company offered me, I'm like, Bro, 
oh, now I just got mad. So I think that's where there's pushback where it's just like, oh, well, he used to race world tour. I'm like, well, yeah, so did I. And I've also won X amount of races. And I have that, like, I'm offering you this bigger engagement. Like this is a business proposition. So I think the pushback, it's just like, well, it's a bros club and that's what we do. And I think that's kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then even though in, into our sort of from like FX lift, like you don't want like that you get pushback on like, oh, we can't do that. We can't do that because we've always done it this way. And it's just like, you need to write a boat and change it and be like, I, I hear your no, but all I'm going to say is yes, because now is the time to change and make this equitable difference. But I have a list of pushback, but I'm not being negative. I, I like find power from it. It's just a matter of, oh God, that may, like one dude lies to you and the other one tells the truth. You're like, oh. mm. yeah. Um, and my experience is a little bit different because yes, I'm a professional, um, but I'm not getting paid to win races. I'm getting paid to um, include folks and create a more inclusive atmosphere. And most of the pushback I've gotten has been in bike shops um, and Thankfully, it hasn't been the last couple of years because now I walk into a shop and people are like, oh, my God, Marley, how's it going? Uh, but I know that like from my first couple of years of riding bikes, when you walk into a shop and they automatically assume that you are new to cycling or you want to be on a hybrid bike or, you know, you ask for new shoes and they assume that you don't know what you're talking about when you're looking for SPD pedals or, you know, the, the examples can go on and on about how we're assumed to be incompetent or beginners or, um, whatever adjective you want to describe. Um, but I do see it changing. I see, um, you know, a lot of leadership, um, shifting to women and gender diverse folks in the bike industry. Um, when I was at the shift bike conference earlier this year, I guess it was last year. Um, time is a mystery, uh, seeing who the speakers were, you know, it, they're, there is a lot of progress happening on this. And I think it's really, really exciting um, because I think men are also acknowledging that they've been in a position of power for a very long time. And the good ones at least are realizing that by sharing the pie, it doesn't mean that they get less of it. We all just get to partake. Yeah, I saw some of it some... hitting their pocketbook too. Yeah. <laughs> money talks. That's true. Money, money talks. <laughs> and I often, I often talk about solidarity. Mm-hmm. You, if women show a sense of solidarity towards each other and towards the brands that support us, some people will be a little bit more agreeable. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's just, it is what it is. Unfortunately, that it has to come to that, but I think it's, it's important. Yeah. And speaking of solidarity, you know, as we're thinking about equity, who are we currently leaving behind? You know, like who, and we, we were supposed to have Jessica Tumela on this call. I would have loved her perspective on this. She's an elite para-athlete. Um, mm-hmm. But like, can we think of different groups of women who might have needs that aren't being met in order to create that equal opportunity for them? I think we all have a responsibility for our trans friends and sisters. Um, mm-hmm. They are being attacked f- left, right, and center across, especially the U S right now, and whatever we can do to show up as allies, as accomplices. Um, I saw a great post by Abby Robbins, um, who said it's time to commit some crime because that's literally what accomplice means. And if you go with your trans friend to the bathroom in certain States, that is a crime. Um, so it's time for us to stand up for them. Yeah. Um, they're trying to legislate trans people out of existence. Um, and I think, 
as cis women, we have a lot of privilege in this space um, and a lot of power. And that's who is being left behind right now. And Mm -hmm. we have a responsibility for that. Thanks, Farley. Yeah. You know, there was a time they say it's the law. Well, there was a time when slavery was illegal, was legal. Mm -hmm. There was a time when my being able to read was illegal. There was even a time right here in Georgia, Muslim women who wear niqab was illegal. It was illegal to wear. You couldn't go into uh, a bank or certain. Everything that is, nece- is, is, is illegal, it's not necessarily moral for it to be illegal. I, I can't speak on, on the topic of transgender because I'm, I'm not a scientist. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to lie. I don't know anyone who's transgender, but I know that everyone is written on this earth for a reason. Everyone is here. God does not make mistakes and nobody deserves to be treated like less than a human being. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's disgusting. Somebody should go Mm -hmm. to jail. Really? Yeah. I, I think, you know, we also, and you mentioned having Jessica on, um, who, and she's not here to speak for, for paracyclists. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think, we can also be more inclusive to folks with disabilities, um, whether that's mental or physical. Um, I, you know, as folks who are able-bodied, it's time to use our power for good for other people. I think also, um, these are all such beautiful points. Um, and then one thing we have to think when we're, we're trying to inspire and create space for this next generation. So we look at the youth and endurance sports are very cost prohibitive it's hard to get in. There's a bunch of hurdles you have to do. And so that's why I love working with programs like Outright or NICA, but also going into inner cities to rural countries, to reservations, to like open up where we can, if we have the ability to raise money to donate bikes, equipment, coaches, and bring programs in. And it's not about racing. It's about health and this, you know, finding your own strength through the bicycle running, just activity. Um, and I think it's hard. I have scholarships and I, I was looking, looking to serve a certain community, but it's hard to serve that community. They don't even know what mountain bike racing is. Right. Like, I'm like, I got this, like, I got the money, I got the bike, like, I'm going to help. And then I'm like, crickets, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're like, I don't want to do that. Why? You know, it's so how do we, yeah. And that goes back to our first, one of our first hurdles was the exposure, the media, the coverage, like, you know, like, how did you know to do triathlon? You know, like you didn't even know about it till 2015, mm-hmm. I think you said, um, but like, so it's, it's, it, it, for me, this whole concept that we're doing with equity, which I still just love this, and well, I love to hate it because I just think it should be common knowledge, but it's a chicken or the egg because I hate arguing with people being like, well, you haven't provided us this, so you don't get that yet. I'm like, well, if I don't have that, I can't do this. You know, so I think this should where if I burned it down, that's where I'd go back. So we don't have this concept like the egg mm-hmm. happens and then the chicken. I don't even know what happens in that thing i don't know if it's a chicken or egg that's a good question but if we had the answer we would not be rich but we would have so much more 
healthy and happy women <laughs> riding bikes and doing triathlon and running with us. So mm-hmm. it, it's up to us and that's what we're doing. And I think Marley had a beautiful point earlier on like showing up, showing the people like doing it. And that's what everyone on this podcast, including the listeners and the friends that listen to it later, will do. And then that helps change the world. Mm-hmm. However, yes, it's late, but it's time. Let's do it. What does that look like in practical application for everybody? Like all of us and the people who are tuning in right now, like what are the steps that they can take to help lift this tide of equity? Is it supporting the uh, events that, you know, are equitable? Is it following, you know, I mean, like, what does that really look like? I think everybody would love to have something to take with them to like make a difference. Right. Yeah. I, I think about, I think you made a great point, Celine. Um, supporting the events that are doing the work. So whether that's Gravel World, who's reserving a thousand spots for women, mm-hmm. um, or working with, you know, whoever we have an influence with to say, hey, how can we get more women to the start line? You know, can we start our scholarship fund? Can we donate somewhere? Um, so I think it's using, you know, whatever your locus of power is, whether that's, you know, for me and Ali using our social media platforms to elevate those that are doing this well and bringing more light to it or, um, you know, working with youth or everybody, regardless of where you're at, you have some sense of, you have some sort of power. Maybe it's money. Maybe you're donating. Maybe you've got equipment you can donate to get somebody else to the start line. Um, maybe it's just encouragement telling your story. Um, I think that we all have something that we can contribute to this. Yeah, I think it goes into the, um, I agree with that, Marley, 100%. It's like, it's all of us and stronger together. And so we had this campaign around the Tour de France, but let's watch the farm. But I'm like, watch the farm like every damn day. Like, like, <laughs> subscribe, donate, click on that TV while you're like making dinner. Like, watch the farm isn't just Tour de France, farm of X Lift. It's like, watch the farm like succeed being a badass CEO, a mom, a volunteer, an advocate, a triathlete, a runner. Like, subscribe, donate, like, whatever you can. But watch, watch and like, because the more women win, the more women win. Like the more we watch this, like the more we win. And, and it doesn't, you don't have to be a woman to watch women win. You can be anybody. (laughs) Like, I don't care. Like watch, watch, like, and like, there was a really cool um, promo from a beer company in the UK. And it was just like all about like liking and sharing the women athletes out there and it was like a very cool promo because it was like it was super cool it was fun to like i used it for a pitch on one thing but um yeah but it kind of goes into like you like we watch women the more women win so i think that's a big yeah. thing no it's great and not be threatened right yeah don't be threatened yeah. there's lots of room there's lots of crowns you know there's there's lots of crowns for us yeah lots of crowns to go around yeah remember that mean girls thing where she like breaks the crown and shares it <laughs> You are hilarious. (laughs) I I know for me, the the main thing that has helped me and I see helping people around is collaboration. I think sometimes people are afraid of collaboration because they feel like, oh, they might not get the credit or so what? Who cares? Mm -hmm. I think collaboration um, is important. Um, I also think um, it's important to be involved in uh, like-minded organizations. Um, Black Triathletes Association, they have been invaluable to me. Um, Fast Chicks, 
Um, they, we do a collaboration with DISC and Fast Chicks every year. We all go to a race together. The vibe for DISC and the vibe for Fast Chicks is a little bit different, but it's all with the same thing in mind to elevate women in the sport of triathlon, but also to raise their self-conscious, their awareness, their love for themselves outside of the sport of triathlon. And I think the other thing is also to have clear goals and, and a clear mission. Even though I, triathlon is my, my vehicle, it's always been a goal of mine to just promote a positive image of Muslim women and Islam in general. I know there's, I've met a lot of people who've never met a Muslim woman and they're like, yo, the Muslim girl cracks jokes and talks trash. <laughs> I mean, we're all, don't, don't get me on a bike. You know, it's just, it's just, I, I think it's, it's just always been my mission in sport. It's just been my voice to let people know that we're, we're more the same, the different, you know, mm-hmm. we're mother. If you took the skin off of me and you couldn't see my hijab, I'm a mother. I work. I love to race. I love to crack jokes. I talk trash. I say bad words sometimes. But you know, it's just we're more the same than different. And I think to, for me, those are the, the the three things that have helped me the most. Collaborate, whether I think I'm going to get anything out of it or not. So what? You, you're born with nothing, and you're going to leave here with nothing, whether you believe it or not. And just love that. Mm-hmm. just gravitating towards those people who are gravitating towards you, and just knowing knowing what your mission is. And even if it's not as sexy as somebody else's, be okay with that. It's important. It's Mm -hmm. important to somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. We have a really great question from the, from Facebook, actually from Mel. Maybe. Oh, Oh, look at that. (laughs) And thus it appears. (laughs) Um, What's, what is the moment that most recently gave you hope for things to continue changing? Um, I can go first if that's okay with folks. Um, so this past weekend I was in Denver at, um, a film festival called the no man's land film festival. That was a celebration of, um, women in all sorts of different sports, you know, rock climbing and skiing and cycling and, uh, swimming and running, but they had a men's discussion panel, which at first when I saw it on the, um, on the agenda, I was like, why is that on there? But when I listen to these filmmakers and directors and athletes talk, um, it gives me hope that men are becoming champions of gender equity and gender equality. And there's a recognition that they are crucial to this fight. Um, You know, oftentimes they hold the power um, and their willingness to learn and to share and to elevate other people, um, just hearing those conversations. Um, and then also just kind of conversations about uh, vulnerability and how we can kind of all break down this idea of toxic masculinity. It, it gave me hope that, you know, we're not in this fight alone and that together we will all be so much more powerful. Excellent. That's great. Mm-hmm. I think I had a, a similar experience, um, not a film festival. I'm not as fancy as Marley, but um, I did have the privilege of uh, listening to Allison Felix. Uh, I work on the as an AAC leadership, so she's an AAC member as well for the USOPC. And Allison Felix is just a rock man, um, amazing athlete. And for her to like what Marley was saying that we're not alone because 
know, she terminated her contract with Nike when she was pregnant and she goes back and wins Olympic medals and starts her own shoe company and works with Athleta and, you know, for women specific shoes, like we were talking about. And I was like, wow, like she's not alone. And we deal with these things. It's Allison Felix, <laughs> you know, like surely she doesn't have obstacles um, unless she runs over them. But uh, so I've just seen these is trends in sports and in, in uh, corporations as well as schools of huge positive momentum. And my big one is just that we're back on the big world stage. I know I keep talking about the Tour de France. I'm like the only roadie on the show, but I'm such a road at heart. Now I'm supposed to be the queen of gravel, but God, I race road for a long time. To see you know, equal prize money coming up for Flanders, like we are having things happen and we are able to race on this stage and people to watch the farm and, <laughs> and then like maternity leave and things like, yes, these are all like silly things that should not be happening in 2023, but they're amazing. They're happening. So there's so much positive momentum, but it's all about us still following and supporting this and sharing and Kara's this is only the beginning and then it's just going to be a norm and we don't have to celebrate these small things like, Oh, we have equal price money now. Shocking. Right. But this is but to not belittle what's happening. I think that's very positive, exciting. And um, it shows so much good things to, that we're solving a lot bigger, harder problems next year or 10 years from now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew for me, things were going to change when things got really hard. My grandmother used to tell me, the devil only messes with you when something great's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And I I think um, I literally went berserk when I saw the, the, the because it came in my email. It was, you know, you get your little emails in the morning. I was like, oh, an Iron Man email. Let's see what they have to say. And it, I went straight to the uniform rules. And I was like, I can't believe this. I didn't even think. I just started posting. And then I started emailing people. And then... It, I spoke with Tim Yout and a few other people and they're just like, look, calm down. This is what's going to come out for USAT in March. And, and I said, well, what about world triathlon? If I go to worlds and it's not wetsuit legal, I said, I'm racing. Well, and I just, I was just going off, but I, my grandmother always told me, she said, when it, when it gets really hard, that's when it's about to get right. Mm -hmm. So that's, 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 that's what, that's literally it, the, the last couple of weeks, it's just been really, really emotional, really emotional. So that's, that's so interesting to hear you say that. Like I was just thinking today, how, how often we forget that like the darkest moment is right before dawn, you know? And I think like as advocates, that is such an important thing to keep with us. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you all so much. Um, this, I, this, conversation I knew it was going to be good but you all absolutely blew, <laughs> blew my mind and I'm so excited to share this across all of our podcast feeds as well so um, for those watching who want to share this with friends um, you can share the link this video will stay live on YouTube and on Facebook but we're also going to be putting it as a special episode across all of our feisty media podcast feeds so we can reach as many people as possible. Um, could amazing. everyone watching give a big hand to our amazing panelists? <laughs> Yay. It was so nice meeting you, ladies. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you having me on, Sarah. I really do. Yeah, it's great. Yes, thank you, you so much. It's a great way to kick off uh, International Women's Day. So mm -hmm. I hope everybody gives themselves and their friends giant hugs tomorrow because we all deserve to celebrate. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. I feel inspired and just wrote, but I feel like I need to ride again. And in the words of Celine Yeager, forward progress, take care of yourself. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress, and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter pillow, shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. And I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% mulberry silk pillowcases. It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two-minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match and then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off, and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are so excited to be working with Hedas. Hedas designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedas unlocks the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research, creates better shoes for women that support their longevity and performance, and establishes new design standards to promote transparency in a male biased industry. Hedas have a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and to allow for female toe shape, a special kind of plate in the midsole to keep tired legs going, a narrow heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take the pressure off our Achilles, and a rounded instep to create a snug fit. Hedas has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruise and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. You can get your own pair of Hedas at Hedas.com and use the code FEISTY20 for 20% off. That's FEISTY20 at Hedas.com and it will all be in the show notes.
Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the app store. You are not a template and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule. How much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code FEISTY, F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose.